Uh, welcome everybody to the CNC replay. Uh, this week we're actually just the NC replay because Chris is off studying. Um, actually, he's finished studying. He's taken a day off to pass his big banker test or whatever. He can explain it some other time. I don't actually know what it's for. Um, I'm Noel. Job. And I'm Corey. And we're making the NC happen today. Yes, we are. We're actually recording pretty early. Yeah, the sun is up still, which is very weird for us. Usually don't see see each other in the light of day. It's usually pitch black outside. Which means you might get the episode out like at night. So that's kind of cool. That'll be exciting. We'll we'll see if that happens. We'll have to see if our editing team is uh, up to the task. And by editing team, yes. So... But we'll 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 grab him out of his day off pretty soon here. But yeah, uh, yeah. So you're listening to the NC replay today, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll make a note of that. So, but have fun, Chris. Congratulations on being an adult. We're proud of you. Yay! But Yay. we're not here to talk about business. We're here to talk about Detroit business, and by Detroit business specifically, we mean Detroit sports. And by Detroit sports, we mean starting with. The business of sports with the Detroit Red Wings on the NHL's trade deadline. And holy cats. <laughs> we didn't think it was going to be anything crazy up until 3.30 yesterday. Uh, we talk yeah. about the first two that were kind of like not as big. And then we yeah. can jump into the Mantha one. Well, yeah, I think we can't. And everyone was pretty surprised just based off of the moves that were happening to begin with. Um, You Nemeth was the first to leave um, and actually went back to the team that he was at before. Um, So that I, I don't know. I feel like when a team trades for a player that they lost to free agency, it's, it's kind of redundant. Like why not just sign the guy in the first place and not have to trade any assets, but regardless, doesn't matter. They get, uh, you know, Colorado gets a mid pairing slash bottom pairing defenseman defensively responsible for a fourth round pick. We're retaining 50% of the salary. So whatever we get a fourth round pick. That's cool. Uh, was that the, was that 2021 or 2022? I think it was 2022. 2022. Yep. Okay. So we got another pick there. Um, next day we saw the strangest trade of you had to put on your tinfoil hat and pull out the red string because, Oh my goodness. Trying to understand this as a regular person was insane. Chris was losing his mind in our group chat. He had no idea what was going on. So I, I'm going to try to just off of just off of the old noggin. I'm going to try to recite this trade. So it, it, it first, you if you get it wrong, right? Okay. So the Red Wings acquired David Savard from Columbus, who's the defenseman, very defensive defenseman. I think he, he scored one goal this year, but he hadn't scored in two seasons prior. Um, so crazy, but he's a very, he's a very solid defensive defenseman gets assist to whatever. Um, so we get him from Columbus and we trade Brian Lashoff, who as if you've been following the wings for a long time was kind of an up and down um, when the Red Wings were good. And then he's been buried in, in the AHL for a few years now. He's 30 years old uh, straight up. They just trade the two of those, but Columbus retains 50% of Savard's salary. Am I doing good right now? You are uh, on it. Okay. So then the Red Wings turn around and trade Savard to Tampa Bay for a fourth round pick in this year's draft 
Okay. So, but the kicker is we retained 50% of the 50% that we already had. So we're paying essentially as, as it stands for wings fans, we're paying for 25% of a contract for a fourth round pick this year's draft. So we're, we're all set here. We're straight there. But what happens after that is uh, Columbus trades lash off then to Tampa Bay for a first this year and a third next year. Yeah. So essentially Tampa Bay acquired Savard for a first and a third because then Tampa Bay, who now has, who's now paying Brian Lashoff's minor league contract, uh, just reassigned Lashoff to the Griffins, which none of us knew could happen. We didn't know how that was going to work. Um, but Lashoff isn't going anywhere. He's still in the Red Wings organization technically uh, because he's playing for the Griffins, but his his salary and his paycheck is now coming from the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. So I was I was diving into that a little bit more, and Lashoff is a minor league free agent next year. He's the captain of the Griffins. He's not going to play for Tampa. Everybody knows that. So the Red Wings essentially traded away Lashoff, and he's going to re-sign next year to the minors. So that's we don't talk about Grand Rapids area sports, but that's just how it's going to work out. He's going to resign, and that's why Tampa Bay didn't take him, put him in their system because they didn't want anything to do. So basically, what Detroit was in this situation was they were a buffer. They needed a they. Tampa Bay is so close to the cap that they can't take on even fifty percent of Savard's salary. So you know, Columbus was like, "Well, what about Detroit? They're like bottom three in, in salary cap." And then Detroit was like, "No, we're just not going to do it for free." So then we paid for a fourth round draft pick. So two. Fourth round draft picks for not essentially nothing, but um, we, for close Nemeth, to nothing, close to nothing. And I, my dumb idiot self thought was working in percentages when I saw that Savard was retained 50% uh, by Columbus and 50% by Detroit. I assumed that Tampa Bay was paying Savard zero dollars, but I didn't realize that percentages work differently. And when we said we retained 50%, we retained 50% of our 50%, which equals 25%. So I was being dumb, but still Tampa Bay had to go jump through hoops and whatever. And yeah. that's, that's, that's the jambled mess of what is that trade? Really, uh, This was just Steve Eiserman sitting down at a table saying, what do you need? What do you need? And what can I pay to make it go smoothly? And what do I get back for being the middleman in this? Mm-hmm. And it turns out it was a fourth round pick. So and it was honestly, that's the cheapest fourth round pick in this in this trade season so yeah you essentially i think you you could say that you got more for brian lashoff than you did uh uh patrick nemeth which is a little sad but not really when you think about it because who cares because it's a fourth round pick and whatever you're gonna get the player back um and then what john merrill was traded the next day after that it was traded to montreal which his so the Canadian government, due to COVID, uh, if players were to come over the board, they had to quarantine for 14 days. And the NHL is like, well, what the heck? We're not going to be able to trade with any of the American teams. You need to like speed up that process. So they're like, okay, we'll do 10. So John Merrill was traded to the Montreal Canadiens for uh, Hayden Verbeek, who is the nephew of an executive in the Detroit Red Wings, uh, you know, business side. Um, so he's essentially not going to play. He's a lifetime AHLer, but we got a fifth round pick uh, for John Merrill, but we don't retain any salary. So he's off the books. He's going to Montreal. He's going to quarantine for 10 days and boom. He's the best be hair in hockey is gone. Mm, it's terrible. 
flow flow game is 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 now astronomically Canadian. down. Oh. Yeah, gross. But um, the real kicker, and we—I mean, all the Red Wings fans were like, eh, "I guess we expected a little bit more." But I mean, you can't really complain at those moves. Uh, the Mantha trade, wild, was wild. Not only did it come after the deadline, but trades get announced after the deadline all the time. You just have to call into the league offices to announce that you know, hey, we traded this player before the three p.m. deadline. Um, so, like at like three thirty. The news broke that Mantha was gone and no salary retained on the Red Wings part. And the Red Wings get a first pick, first round pick this year, a second round pick next year. Jakob Vrana, Jakob Vrana, who essentially I like to think of him as a Nyquist Tatar clone, just I think a little bit smaller. Uh, and Richard Panic uh, f- from Washington, all for Mantha. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I was hearing people say that Mantha's not even worth a first with that kind, con- and I'm like, what? Like I I you would the the conversation would have to start at a first round pick. I mean, everyone knows the talent that this guy has. Everybody knows what he. I don't can think do. that everybody does. I think everybody in Detroit can kind of see it. It's we haven't he hasn't had a coach that's been able to pull it out of him. Which is a conversation we can have another day. I feel isn't that kind of the same thing? No, because a coach is supposed to be able to get the best out of his players. Sure. And I don't know that Blashill has been doing that. Okay, that's fair. But st- I'm talking about just talent level. Everybody knows that Mantha's a talented player. I don't think that people do because they don't see the numbers. If you're not watching the Red Wings, you don't see the uh, the on ice production without all of you know the hard numbers that you just throw up in Twitter stats or whatever. People aren't watching Red Wings games. They're not fun to watch. People don't know what right. Anthony Mantha is. I'm don't hate me. You know it's true. People don't know what Anthony <laughs> Mantha is outside of the Detroit fandom. And so if you don't know, you're not going to value him the way that we do. Well, Washington, or at least their front Clearly. office, obviously did. Their fans, because, not so much. They were not happy. <laughs> yeah. So I, so the panic, the panic contract, I, I thought he was, I thought he was going to be an unrestricted free agent after last year. No, he's, he signed for like 3 million for the next couple seasons. So that kind of stinks, but I think that was just a way to get more contract. So, I mean, when you look at it this way, um, it cancels out the helm deal. Um, helm's going to be free. He's not coming back, especially if we have panic now. Um, cause a panic, I think was sent directly to the taxi squad. I was looking at cat friendly, which was kind of weird. Um, but, uh, panic will be your bottom six filler filler slush guy, whatever, you know, he'll have, he'll have some offense, but I mean, we, that's all that the Red Wings are in the bottom six is like filler veteran, you know, gross, whatever. Um, so he'll fill in that role. And then Vrana easily, he'll be a number one forward, oh, yeah. which apparently he was not getting that ice time in Washington was struggling to get, you know, uh, consistency. I think he was, he was jumping around the middle, middle two lines. Um, and I, I, I don't know. Like I was reading some of the, you know, Washington Capitals Twitter responses and saying that, you know, he was pretty frustrated with 
with some of the ice time that he was getting? From what I've, like, I just listened to a Washington podcast that had um, some Detroit podcasters on it to kind of talk about the deal. And the way that they were talking about it was um, Verona wasn't getting the ice time he wanted. They were kind of suspecting that him and coaching didn't get along very well. Um, and so Detroit guys came back and were like, oh, we kind of feel like that's the same with Mantha. Not that they're not getting along, but that just coaching isn't the best style for him. And Verona plays a very fast game. Washington doesn't play a fast game. They slow down the puck. They're very um, puck possession Mm -hmm. uh, centric. And Mantha is that. Also, can we just for a second imagine Chara, Ovi, and Mantha all coming at you at the same time? Size. That's terrifying. Anyways, also, Ovi and Mantha on opposite sides during the power play. That's yikes. What are you going to stop? You can't stop any of that. You just, all of the guys, good luck to goalies. That's all I got to say. I mean, Backstrom is just going to have. One of the best playmakers in ever. Just apples everywhere. Just boop, Oh, yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Oh, Mantha's over here. I can do OV. And that's I mean, what one of the Washington guys was saying. He was like, just put Mantha and, and Backstrom on the same thing, on the same line, because if Mantha needs a playmaker, Backstrom can just get him the puck. He just tells him, I'll be in this corner. I'll be at this circle. I'll be at the circle. Just tell me where you want it and I'll give it to you. Like that's crazy. Wild. Um, it'll be fun now. So I, I want to make this comment cause I was thinking about it the other day. Um, mm-hmm. and again, I'm going to, I'm going to stay true to my, you know, people see that Mantha can be, a very good player in this league. I mean, I was at the, I was at the opening night game where he scored four goals and he was unstoppable, just a freak, but then, you know, gets hurt, you know, all these other things come about, but uh, fans all the time always make unfair comparisons. Oh, this player doesn't work hard. Uh, they, you know, there's mental lapses and whatever. Um, but we make those judgments sometimes without merit, but sometimes with what we're given. It seems like every year Mantha was healthy scratched at some point during the season. That could be Blash on him just not getting along, or the common uh, belief was that Mantha just took plays off, took games off, and kind of coasted through. I think you saw improvements with that a little bit this year. I, I, I would agree. Um, cause Mantha had some chances that he just didn't capitalize on, but still, um, you know, it's a bad team, not a whole lot of talent. Um, and he's going to get some of those same chances and, you know, those are going to turn into goals. Mantha's production is going to go shoot way up just oh, yeah. sheerly because of the amount of talent. But also I think it's going to shoot up because fresh start. I don't have, you know, I, I don't think he's like, Oh, I have the stigma that I don't work hard. I don't think he thinks about that, but, um, I think he's definitely going to, you know, kick it into high gears. Like, Oh, we're playing for something now. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to, we we could play for a cup. Like I could raise that thing at the end of the season. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to switch it into opening night, Anthony Mantha, four goals. And I, I could see this trade working out very, very well for both teams. Um, but the sheer amount as it stands right now and where the production was with Manta for the Red Wings, clear winners. 
Detroit. Oh yeah. As of Clear now, winners. Detroit wins. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think, you know, retroactively, what are we going to look at in, at the end of the season? What is that going to look like? Sure. And I hope, honestly, I hope, I hope it's good. I, Washington, I like Washington as a team. I hate Tom Wilson. Uh, but I like Washington as a team. I liked it. I was cheering for them when they won their cup a couple years ago. I America like, was. Yeah, right. I like Mo. I am going to miss him just because I'm super sentimental. Um, and I want the best for him. I'm just, I'm excited. I always am sad when people we draft get traded. Sure. Like that's always a bummer to me. But if this is going to be a better place, if he gets to lift the cup at the end of the year or the end of next year, like, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for him. No, I agree. I agree. And I think, uh, I, I think he's happy to be out of here too, regardless uh, of what he yeah. says on Twitter and all that. No, I think he's, he's like, Oh, thank goodness. I'm out of Detroit. Oh Lord. I mean, look at Blake, look at Blake Griffin. He's he, his knees work. Apparently I'm not in that camp. I'm not in that camp of, me hating Blake. I'm just, I'm just making. There's mm-hmm. athletes all the time. Got to in like Verona coming from the Capitals to here. He's probably got to be like. But he gets playing time. Yeah, he gets playing time. But how how much does that you know? How much? How long does that last? You know, if we're middle of the pack next year, and I honestly think the Red Wings aren't that bad. I mean, they're bad, but they're not. Obviously, the they're not the, Buffalo. They're not Buffalo, which it, it, we can talk about the Taylor Hall trade. Uh, woof. That's what I got to say. Taylor Hall got traded for a pat on the back and a bag of used pucks. Like, okay. To be fair. Oh, I mean, his, I don't know what his advanced metrics were, but his, his baseline, he had two goals, 17 assists, which is fair. He was a minus 21. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that he's a great player, but you're trading you're trading for what you see now, I guess. Maybe not in the Mantis situation, but oh, oh lord. Boston was just like, "Hey, like let's we'll take it. Let's throw this let's throw this out there and they're probably going to reject. Yeah, we'll take it." Wait, seriously? So is it is what it is, but um, also uh, elite goal scorer and just to get back to, you know, regular Red Wings talk, elite goal scorer Adam Ernie. Um what? I- Makes no sense. I I don't. I think maybe Ernie just slots right into where Mantha is. Like I know he's not going to, but like in my head that could happen because the Blash Blender is a thing. We all scratched our heads when Eisenman traded like a fourth round pick for Adam Ernie when he got here. He did nothing. He had a two goal game, which I was at. He did nothing, um, and then he signs him again. It's like okay. You know, you need a filler. He's young enough, whatever, fine. I mean, he's got 11 goals, which doesn't sound like a, that leads the team. Now that Mantha's gone, that leads the team. Um, how, why he's like five foot nine, 150 pounds. No, he's not, but he kind of looks like that on the, he looks awkward on the ice. He looks kind of, Stumpy is he the word I do. Simultaneously, forty and twelve. I don't. But anywho, the man on the power play is really good, and he, you know, he gets to he gets to the dirty areas. He's real gritty. And listen, 
you you get you get mad at me when I blindly believe in Steve Eiserman, um, but nobody saw any value in Adam Ernie, and Steve Eiserman was like, trust the process. Nobody believed that Mantha could get the return that he got. And Steve Eiserman was like, I did. I, don't- I thought he would get that, not that much, but close. Steve Eiserman was like, I don't like this guy either, but I'm gonna get superstar caliber return on him and he did so uh no steve eiserman slander will be tolerated on this show i have uh, no steve eiserman slander i'm not I'm saying, saying you. don't blindly follow well is this blind now i have merit is this blindly following now no it's not blindly following i'm just saying you question everything you always question everything i will question everything but steve eiserman oh gosh okay that's bad don't that record that <laughs> All right. Uh, you got any last second thoughts on the road? They swept Carolina this weekend. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was surprising. Loved that. Huge fan. Big fan of that. Also, it's just really funny listening to broadcasts. Sometimes I'll throw it on and be making dinner in the background, and it's like, Stahl does this, or Svechnikov does that. And I'm like, okay, wh- am I rooting for this play? Which team? Because, you know, you got both Stahl brothers and the Svechnikov brothers on opposite yeah. sides of the ice. That's really cool. Oh, I, I did want to say something. Um, I don't, I didn't believe this um, a couple of weeks ago. I'm starting to believe it now. There's no way that Steve Eisenman is going to let Seattle pick somebody. He's going to give him a fourth to take somebody. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, just, just looking because all of this like cap crunch stuff doesn't make sense. The fact that if we had to uh, protect um, to Kaiser and Nielsen on this, and especially if they don't waive their no trade, even if they do waive waive their no trades, because they're not going to get taken. I still firmly believe that, and I've, I've that's got to be an awkward conversation as a player to hear. But I have to imagine Steve Eisenman's like, "Look, you're not going to get taken." Steve isn't sentimental. He does not care. He, yeah, he'll, you stink. He, you're not going to go anywhere. Just wait. I, I appreciate you as a human being. As a player, we need to talk. Right. So. I I firmly believe he's going to get both those guys to wave and then he's going to force he's going to force Seattle to take somebody. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's panic. Oh, okay. Cheap enough veteran presence. I I mean, he's got some per- I didn't check his stats. I mostly just checked his contract cuz I didn't I thought he was just a throw in to, you know, balance the books a little bit, which he kind of was. Yeah. Um, but I think it could be panic. I think it could be, um, I don't believe Grice because there's way too many goalies out there, better goalies that will get taken over him. Cause Markstrom's going to go to Seattle cause they're going to protect Thatcher. Um, one of the Los Angeles goalies is going to go. So that's two. And then you're going to draft or you're going to take like a younger goalie who is ever the youngest goalie prospect left as your third, because you're going to have to take three goalies. Um, so Steve Eisenman's going to, he's going to do that. We have so much draft capital. Well, we have 22 picks in the next two years. Yes. That's, that's ridiculous. Insane. That's ridiculous. One of those picks is going to go to Seattle. Yeah. So. I'm just saying if we aren't cup contenders in not cup contenders, if we're not playoff contenders in the next, Oh, do I put a number on this? 
it'll be a quick turnaround, I think. It'll be seven years max is what I'm getting. Oh, I would no, love no, no, way no. sooner than that. That's a very safe that's a very safe answer. After this year, two to three. Okay. I hope you're right. I really do. And I'm pushing more towards two. Okay. Sounds good. But if we aren't, scouting staff needs to figure their lives out. Well, no, because we're going to have all the young guys coming in. Valeno could potentially play this year. I know. I'm excited. Um, and It'd be fun. Raymond, after he's healthy, Sider's playing next year on defense. They will be – it's about forward steps. They will be not exponentially better, but they will be – Better. I want to say a lot better next year. Decently better? Yeah. Uh, no, kind of better? They could probably, they'll probably be 500 next year or just a little bit above or a little bit below. So right. I think you're, you're seeing that a little bit now. I mean, Carolina was at the top of the division. Yeah, but dropped... we always play better against best, the best teams. Not the Red Wings. Pistons do. No, the Red Wings do. Oh, you see, you see how well they played against Nashville? Okay. You're right. That was, but for the most of, most of last season, I mean, like we destroyed the Habs. And Carolina this year, like it's, and we didn't play terribly against Tampa Bay. Like we might've lost, but we didn't play horrifically. Sure. I don't know. I'm just saying two, okay. two years, two years. Two years. You can we'll quote them on that folks. Two years, maybe even less. I don't know. Things are crazy. Look at, look at the devils. They were good for that one year that Taylor Hall was, the MVP, and then they sucked again. So, I mean, who's to say that can't happen with the Red Wings? But I digress. Um, Pistons. 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 I mean, I kind of want to say that the Red Wings and the Pistons are in the same, like, kind of weird spot. I mean, it's post now, now especially, it's post trade deadline. So they're just kind of playing the season out. Um, but again, Pistons basketball, staying exciting, uh, all because of the young players, which is exactly what you want to see. And I know we talked about this um, a little bit uh, before the show, but uh, <laughs> just reading this stat again. So Sadiq Bay, okay, people initially thought, and I saw some some post draft slander against Sadiq Bay. It's like, oh, what are the Pistons doing? Blah, 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 blah. And now they feel pretty dumb. So the most three pointers made through their first 50 games of the career in NBA history, number one, you have Luka Doncic uh, with 120. Number two, you have Donovan Mitchell with 115. And right behind him, you have Sadiq Bay with 113. And then behind him, you have Damian Lillard. Who, same amount. Dame time. Dame time. Um, same amount of three-pointers made. So I guess they tied. I'm no mathematician, wizard, basketball savant, but is that good? I don't know. Is that good? I don't know. I think that's good. It can't be a bad thing. No, I think it's really good. <laughs> now, so, I, I mean, these guys, uh, Doncic is a bona fide superstar. Donovan Mitchell 
is a superstar, basically. As close to a superstar as you can get. And Damian Lillard is a man on his own island out in Portland. I respect the crap out of Damian Lillard because he's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not joining no super team. I'm staying here. I'm going to do it by myself. Um, So some people would be like, that's dumb. You're never going to win a ring that way. But, I mean, as me, as an outside NBA fan, I hate seeing all these players team up and just – win and like i don't know it just ruins the parody like as a pistons fan it's like well what other than to watch these players develop what excitement do i get from watching games like, i don't get this superstar you know studded power uh, you know on the court you know i just gotta i gotta sit here and watch so it's like it's a very player driven league i understand that but still damian lillard's like no i'm drawing a line in the sand i'm staying here we're gonna do it and they're a very competitive team out in the toughest conference in the nba so um but to think that this would happen, and, and Sadiq Bey is a teenager still, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. <laughs> um, I don't really know. I don't really have other words to say about that. I think the stat just speaks for itself. And then I, I think it talked about three-point percentage as well. Um, yeah. And on in that, he's the same guys. He's tied with Doncic for about... 2.33 pointers made per game uh, and only Damian or he's tied with Damian Lillard too. Only Donovan Mitchell has more three pointers made per game uh, than the three of those players. Um, and then the stat again, I think we retweeted it out earlier this week. Um, they has the, th- uh, the highest three point percentage ever by rookie with six point or with six shot attempts per game. So just 38.2. Yes. So just to dive further into that. So, Basketball is a game where you need to put the ball in the bucket. And if the further away you do that from, the the more points you get. So this is very encouraging. And especially if 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 we think in that, you know, uh Killian Hayes is going to be more of a game manager, kind of, you know, a playmaker, you know, with his excellent vision. We talked about that last week on the show. Um, dish it out to some dude in the corner and jacks up a three. I mean, that's the makings of a really solid, solid foundation uh, for your roster. So um, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but like that's that's something that gets you excited. And I'm please, please do not take this out of context of what I'm saying. Everyone gets so mad at the Golden State Warriors for, oh, they had the first super team. They had all these superstars, blah, 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 blah. Clay Thompson was drafted by them. Steph Curry was drafted by them and Draymond Green was drafted by them. So all very important pieces to that team, all drafted by the team. They had them under team friendly deals, contracts that, you know, you could do and move around and get a Kevin Durant. Um, we are nowhere close to that. I'm not saying Sadiq Bay is going to be Clay Thompson. Please do. Please, please understand that. But with stats like this, and the amount of playing time that a player like this is going to get, you would think that it's only going to get more consistent. He's only going to, you know, get better with age and Pistons maybe, you know, and, and the East is the power struggle in the NBA is so polarized. The East is very, very weak. So if you have a team that can come up and, you know, you have a core that's locked in for, you know, a few seasons, you could do some damage in the East. Um, so I don't know if, if Pistons fans want to get excited, get excited about that. I think it's also worth mentioning that the roster 
our 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 current roster is like ninety eight percent different from our nineteen twenty roster, mm-hmm. and to see that kind of turnover produce what it has been, even if it hasn't like, we haven't been winning all of our games, but to see the young guys start to grow and to become better and for the, for them to be coming up for Jeremy Grant to be finding his own spot after leaving a stacked team and then coming here and getting minutes Mm -hmm. um, to Killian Hayes, finally being on the roster after, after his long injury and seemingly doing all right in his playmaking abilities and his passing and all that good stuff. Like, and then for Sadiq Bey to come out of essentially nowhere, like we weren't expecting, I think a majority of the fan base wasn't expecting him to pop off the way that he has been. And so I think it's really exciting to see that as completely different as the roster is, Mm -hmm. it's been a good move and it's been a positive in the right direction kind of thing. Sure. Um, I, I'm going to have to correct myself. Uh, Sadiq Bey is not a teenager. He's 22 years old. So that probably helps a little bit with why you're seeing some of these numbers. He's a bit older. Um, so that would make sense. Um, but still, um, I, again, that's a, this is a really bad comparison. But uh, Steph Curry wasn't Steph Curry for a while. Uh, but he was also, I think he was also pretty young um, before he stepped into the NBA. Um, but he was kind of he was with the with the warriors when they wore like you know the the navy and orange instead and then he got really he had he popped off um i think the last year that they wore those jerseys and then he became steph curry after that so it it takes time if you're not a number one overall pick it takes some time to develop in this league and for uh sadiq bay that's uh you know he's a little bit older so he's i guess you know, more physically developed. So you're going to have a little bit more success coming out of the gate, but still encouraging numbers. Um, I want to talk about Isaiah Stewart um, because people, people are throwing around comparisons to Ben Wallace. And when you start throwing around comparisons to Ben Wallace, then you better take notice. Um, I don't know. Everyone's just calling him beef stew. This is nickname. So I really like that. And he's, (laughs) he's like nasty out there. Like, and, I don't know why he doesn't start all the time anymore, but I guess we have Plumlee, so we got to give him um, some time. But he is a teenager, um, and he was taken, I think, before uh, Sadiq Bey. Um, let me let me double check and fact check that. Um, yes, he was. So <laughs> he was taken three picks before. Um, he's a block machine. Uh, he's six foot eight at nineteen years old just an absolute freak. Um, and no one wants to play against him. No, cause he's annoying as heck and it's wonderful to watch. Mm-hmm. So bad boys. <laughs> I, but I'm not saying that as like, yeah. oh, no, that's people are saying this. Like, oh, we're getting the bad boy air of the Pistons bag. And that, you know, that's just, you know, fans could be being fans, but you've got, you have a potential great shooter on your hands. You have a potential, uh, I don't, I don't want to say visionary, but I can't think of a better term playmaker. right now. Uh, yeah, playmaker with uh, Killian Hayes. And then you have someone down low who's a bully. You got, you got, you have three aspects. Well, yes, you have three aspects of the game right there. Mm-hmm. Physicality, um, 
shooting and um, you know playmaking ability. So if you're a Pistons fan, you're looking at your rebuild, you're seeing these players, different players that are performing well differently. Get excited, especially in a week east. Get very, very excited. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, right. You got you got anything else to add That's to that? That's all I got for the Pistons. I didn't get to watch a lot of games this week for them, but the ones that I did were fun, even though we lost. Yeah, I tuned into that Clippers game. Um, yeah. So that was fun for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know. Do we have anything for the Lions? I don't think we do. No, it's just draft speculation. Yeah. I, I I can't even keep up with it anymore. It, it's yeah. I think we'll probably just save that for a later episode when we do our big draft look. Yeah, well, we can just throw that promo in. I think well, so. We're gonna be we're gonna try um, an attempt to do a complete like uh, NFL mock draft uh, episode where we just talk about mock drafts, um, who the lines should take, what happens if trades are happening, or maybe even more trades happen before. I feel like it'd be really fun to um, uh, do it live while the draft is happening. Um, okay. But I don't think we could be able to pull it. We might be able to pull it off for like round one. Um, yeah, I just, couldn't do the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's just we, we do we do a continuous stream. We don't sleep. We, we sit don't, there for eighteen hours, and we just watch picks and talk about you know some kid out of D three Concordia from middle ten. I don't I don't know. But that'd be kind of fun. But we're we're gonna do a deeper dive into some prospects and how things you know play out. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I guess whether we'll, that's regular yeah. day on the twenty sixth, so posted on Tuesday the twenty seventh, or if it's on draft day, which is the twenty eighth. So in two weeks, you'll have a full Lions draft rundown podcast yeah. to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, I will say this just as a sneak peek. I'm now convinced the Lions are going to take a quarterback. Okay, because? Uh, because everybody who traded up had a specific reason to trade up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the only team that traded up uh, that is not going to take a quarterback, at least I don't think, is Miami. I think that'd be very lame for them to just kind of give up on Tua. And I think that they're trying to go for a – Bama to Bama connection with one of the wide receivers at that spot. Um, although I did hear, I did hear something about offensive linemen for Miami as well. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. So, um, and I guess the only other thing to think about is, you know, the Sam Darnold trade happened um, with Carolina who picked right behind us. I would have to think they were calling the lines like, Hey, like let's trade up. We want to get this guy here. And they're like, Nope. Cause we want that guy, you know? So sure. And for whatever reason, Mac Jones is projected to go third. I think that's a mistake, but what do I know? So whoever is available at seven, that's a quarterback. The lines are going to take. So write okay. it down, send it to him. Um, I wish it wasn't the case, but uh, I think that's, what's going to happen, <laughs> but we can talk about that later. Yeah. More in a little bit. All right. More lately. Ah, uh, my beloved Detroit Tigers. Really, it's a Jekyll and Hyde story for this for this week's podcast, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Feels like it. So, um, I did happen to go to the 
the uh, the last game of the Twins series, which, by the way, Matt Boyd, um, you know, he gets a lot of crap for giving up home runs. He's looked really good his his first two starts. Um, first start is a snowstorm, so like you can't really think about much off off of that. Didn't strike out a whole lot of people, but he kept hitters off balance, so cool for him. Um, goes into the seventh inning uh, for his latest start. Looked very good doing it. He was very efficient. Um, he ended up giving up, he ended up giving up two runs in the sixth, um, which kind of wasn't his fault. Kind of was, there was an error that happened. Should have been play should have been made, um, as a result of that run score, but still, um, and then he comes out the next inning and, um, just doesn't miss a beat and, you know, shuts down the lineup. Um, so I, I can't remember. He gave up three runs in that game. Did he not? I think, or he, Yes, he gave up three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but as a team, what more do you want from your starting pitcher? He goes, he gives you seven innings, gives you gives up three runs. Um, I, I mean, I, I, what more can you ask? I mean, you could ask him to give up less runs, but still, you know, Jacob Degroms has been asking that his you know his entire career. He gave up one run, pitched eight innings, had fourteen strikeouts, and still lost. I mean, that's like that. Terrible, but we don't have a Jacob Degrom. We have a Matthew Boyd right now, and you know Matthew Boyd's twenty nine. So if he if he continues to pitch well, I guess he's very he will get traded. Um, and but good for him because all intents and purposes, great guy, um, kind of deserves a shot at some postseason success. And uh, I just fingers crossed because Al Avila once again misvalued or mismanaged his value, and he could have gotten something really good for him later but he didn't because he's like oh, i don't want to trade him for nothing blah, blah 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 it's like well you didn't trade him at all and then he stunk after that so good for you so now he's not stinking um so if you're gonna trade him uh do it not now you gotta wait till the season progresses but do not screw this up al i don't Sign like Corey. you signed the city of detroit good lord al Avila is a menace to this place um, Casey but, yeah. Mize finally had a game. Casey Mize finally had a great game. We can talk about the good first, but yeah, we'll Let's talk about the that. good first. Um, yeah, uh, Casey Mize has been very encouraging. Um, his first start was a little, uh, what he went four innings, didn't he? Gave up one run, got out of a jam, and um, he, yes, yeah, so he he looked good until he's kind of faced some some pressure. Um, uh, and then he kind of struggled a little bit with command. And so, but that's common for a young pitcher. Once they get pressed, then, you know, that kind of shows with, you know, command issues. So, um, but gave up one run. Can't really fault him for that. You got to keep the walks down. And that's what kind of what you were looking for with the next start. I think a lot of Tigers fans were prepping for disaster. I mean, Casey Mize goes on the road to one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Um, great hitting team as well shots him down mm-hmm. seven strong innings. How many strikeouts did he have? You know, I just closed that stat. Hold on. Cause this is what happens when you don't have more than t- two people on the pod. Yeah. Sorry, we folks. Can't, we can't be Chris, <laughs> Chris, look this up for us. Um, pitches to strikes was 89 to 62 strike. Okay. Yeah. 89 to 62. Okay. Um, uh, so that's good. Um, no, why is, I'm trying to see. Okay. 
So he's got... Okay, so... He had nine strikeouts in that game. So mm -hmm. pretty sick. Um, or no, maybe he didn't. No, that's that's his total for the seat. Wow, this is really bad. Um, he, <laughs> he had five strikeouts and only two walks. And didn't give up a run. Four hits. So a complete 180. He controlled the he controlled the pace of the game. Um, and also he did get out of some trouble. I, I remember pretty early on uh, the – Astros had runners on the corners and he got out of that uh, as well. Um, and oh, and for a young pitcher, that's how you mature. You have to be in those stressful situations. Otherwise you're never going to know how to get out of them. And he did that for a very good uh, hitting team in the AL West and probably the team that is going to win the AL West this year. Um, so, uh, and, uh, and also a very friendly or hitter friendly ballpark. So, I, I, you can't go away from that st uh, from that start without being encouraged. Um, and now I think you know at least my father was a bit concerned. I was starting to get a little concerned that we weren't seeing this you know the Casey Mize that was advertised uh, out of Auburn. But um, these past few starts, it's not complete. The seven, the four inning start was like okay, did okay, did pretty good, and then. We're seeing what Casey Mize is capable of doing, but the unfortunate thing is we can't have a good pitcher out of this, out of, out of Casey. We need to have a great pitcher out of Casey Mize. So expectations are astronomically high for this kid, but frankly, they should be. Mm -hmm. um, and was one of the most highly touted pitching prospects in recent memory. And I hope he can live up to that hype for the sake of the Tigers. Um, because if he doesn't, it's going to be very, 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 very bad, but you can't be, you can't be anything but encouraged after seeing these, these two starts. And I do have, do, do you have anything else to say about, cause I'm going to go into something nope, else. Go for it. Okay. So the Tigers cannot hit fast fastballs, which is a problem because major league baseball is now fast fastballs. It's been like that for like the past like four seasons or so. Um, so I was joking with my dad and I was saying like, oh, Zach Granke, who very uh, – Zach, Zach Granke is incredible. I love Zach Granke. I love watching him pitch. Um, one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, you could say. Um, but Zach Granke like tops out at like 90 miles an hour, if that, for his fastball. So he is slow. So he has to rely on some craft, some off speed, some, you know, just – movement um so i was thinking to my dad I'm like tigers are gonna rip zach granke because they're gonna see slow fastballs lo and behold a bottom half of our lineup slugging away on zach granke one of the the best pitcher that the houston astros have on their staff right now because verlander rip is going through tommy john um so i don't know what if, if you have some slop thrower Tigers are going to rip you. It doesn't matter if you're super good or super crappy. Tigers are going to rip you. And Akil Badu. When are we getting his statue? Because uh, now. I feel like it's a couple days too late. He went through a, a, a rough patch. Um, yeah. They had seven at-bats with nothing to show for it. 
Sure. And then my man's hits a 450 foot tank dead center field. Uh, there's a, there's a Twitter page. I follow Cespedes family barbecue. Those guys are great. One of the, one of the first, uh, baseball Twitter pages I followed. They like went through like video, like recordings of that. So only a few players had ever hit the ball that far in Minute Maid Park. Um, and that was Jordan Alvarez and, uh, Joey Gallo. Those are both left-handed hitters and also way bigger like Joey Gallo is like six foot seven. Jordan Alvarez is like six foot five or six foot four. Akil Badu is like six one, two hundred pounds barely, and my man just pimped one out there. So he's now tied for the uh, no. Maybe Ramos has four home runs. I'm not sure. He's close to the league or the team lead with home runs. The legend of Akil Badu continues to grow. So and. Uh, and you want to see some. You want to see a player, especially at that age, go through a slump and then rebound from that. So um, he had a home run, but he also had a sacrifice fly last night. So it wasn't just um, you know the one and done. He looked terribly. He had a he had a very competitive major league level at bat after that later in that game. Um, all is that to say, improvement, development, and. <laughs> maybe the Tigers found a superstar on their hand. It's very early. It's very early. It's very early. Mm-hmm. But the baseball world is infatuated with Akil Badu. As it's not just Detroit. Be. It's not just Detroit. It is, it is all of baseball. Like I, you, you would think that Cabrera, but he's hurt now would, would be the guy from Detroit. That's getting all the cover. No, it is Akil Badu. And that's crazy to think. So, yeah. I love it. It's funny that all of our teams are in various stages of rebuild right now, but we all have one player that stands out and that wasn't the expected standout. You got Adam Ernie, you had Akil Badu, and you got Sadiq Bey. And you're like, we didn't expect any, you know, the Lions aren't doing anything right now, so I can't count them. But those three were all kind of, okay, they're here. We're not really sure at the beginning of the season. We're not sure what's going to happen, but they're here. And then they all pop off in one way or another. And sure. the fandom is just sitting here going, who, who are you again? Like, wh- where did you come from? Yeah. I mean, personally, I'm ready to give Adam Ernie a, a lifetime contract. I mean, that's just me, but no, uh, that, excuse me. Wow. I burped into the mic. That's really professional. Um, no, I think that makes for an excellent point. <laughs> you get all these unsung heroes, and in what other place would would that would you, happen? Yeah. Detroit. No. I mean, that's that. Everyone talks about the tra- the tradition and and the and you know the hardworking attitude of blue collar, blue collar, and that. So of of course it makes sense that a guy who is recovering from Tommy John surgery and you know, his team didn't want him anymore is coming up through the ranks and just, and just killing the game right now. Of course, uh, a guy that nobody thought was any good except like one person, he was given a chance and now he's, now he's a power play specialist in an elite snipe show. Um, and then uh, uh, of course, like an overlooked 22 year old rookie um, from, I guess Villanova's not a mid-major, but like not a blue blood basketball school until recently. 
of course he's popping off and doing some crazy stuff. So breaking records, like breaking records. So like, I don't know. It just fits. It just fits the whole complexion of, of the city that they play. So like, that's exciting. That is so exciting. Maybe, maybe it's not all doom and gloom. Not so Jekyll and Hyde. We've come around to a sunny spot. Look at that. Look at wow. that. We get Chris off the show and now we're speaking positive. So look at that. Wow. Wow. I will say this. Um, the series in Cleveland, very ugly. And oh, yeah. Reminded me a lot of the past previous seasons of Tigers baseball. Unfortunate reality is you're going to get that. You're going to get those spurts throughout the season, but let's, let's have some fun. Let's beat the Astros, you know, when, when we weren't supposed to, and you know, let's beat, let's beat some of the top dogs and maybe, I mean, it, it's so annoying um, at the end of the, like a super long, like baseball season, especially so oh, the Tigers are going to play spoilers. And it's just like, well, this is so uninspired baseball. Like it's not even fun you know, to watch, you know, I'm just you know, shut it down and let's, you know, re- regroup again for next year. But uh, I, I, I don't know, like have some, have some life, have some, uh, you know, ha- what's the word I'm looking for? Have some uh, respect for your own game. And maybe you end the season on, uh, on the road at, where a team needs to win two of the three games and you go ahead and sweep them. Like that would be awesome. That's the best way to be a bottom level team is to ruin other teams' days. Yeah. I think the only way to do it. Oh yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's how I feel. Um yeah. Did we did we get through it all? I don't I think, think we got through it all. I don't think we have anything else. Yeah, we it's again short staffed on our show, but the people, the fans, whoever's listening, demanded that we that we release the episode. So we just kick Chris off. No, we didn't. We, we didn't powered through. We powered through. We made it through. happen for you guys. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, honestly, if there's anything that you want us to talk about. Yeah. If uh, we missed anything that we can cover next week, let us know. Or if anything pops up this week, let us know. We'll talk about it. We like to talk. Or if you want me to yell a little bit more, if you want another outlet, like if I could just have, Instead of my like monthly or whatever segment of of like crash course, you just want me to yell about Alavila some more and figure out. I think my my big thing is like is is saying like a potato could do a better job than Alavila. Um, that's my big thing that I've been saying a lot. Um, so I can get angry about Alavila again if you'd like, but if not, I can get angry about something else. So mm-hmm. you recommend sports books? I'm still reading through some. I have a couple on the docket for the next couple months, but I'm going to run out quick. Um, I'm reading the Lamro twins memoir right now. So that'll oh, be our next one. Fans of the show. Fans of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. They like to tweet once. Um, They're fans of the show. But They're listening every day. <laughs> so that I'm interested to get into that. And then I have, um, I have a lot of hockey books. I need more football books. There's not a lot of Lions football books out there. So I'm going to branch out into the rest of the NFL. We'll see what's, we'll see what's out there. I, you got anything? I don't know, know if Barry Sanders did something. I'm sure he did. I just got to find it. You should. I think that that's the prototypical one that, yeah. I mean, me, me and my dad, we watch Barry Sanders highlights like at least once a year. Cause like I never <laughs> got to watch him play, but that was my dad's like big player. <laughs> Yeah, so he's just like, oh, he's so good. Look at that cut. Blah, 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 blah. So like, and like his like he is the most anti-superstar 
ever. Super quiet. You know, didn't want the limelight. He never celebrated for a touchdown, and he he made people look silly. He'd just go score, hand the ball to the ref. He never did anything other than that. So he's just like, I'm going to beat you. You're going to look stupid, and I've been here. Celebration. Yeah, like that was making that. people look dumb. Spoke for itself. Exactly. Also, the idea of Ken getting excited, but like vocally excited about anything, is a very funny picture in my head. Oh, you should have seen him during the 2006 World Series run. He's oh, jumping no. up and down like a little like a little kid. That Aww. was awesome. That was a that's a that's a that's a core memory, I guess. If people oh, I believe it. That is that is a core memory. <laughs> All right, should we end it here? We're ending it here. All right, folks. Um, we would love if you gave us uh, a rate, five star rating on wherever you listen. Subscribe. That helps us reach more people. Um, we are also at CNC Sports Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Chris will be back next week. We're hoping. And hope you have a great rest of your week. Deuces, y'all. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.